G'day, g'day, guys. Now, before we dive into today's show, I want to ask you a few quick questions. Are you looking to take your investing career to the next level? Are you wanting an accountability partner who will push you to achieve your goals? Are you needing to surround yourself with successful investors and entrepreneurs in order to up your game and take control of your life? Well, if you've answered yes to any of those questions, I am super pumped and excited to announce that I'm starting the Syndicator Incubator Mastermind Group. This mastermind is a group of highly motivated, abundance-orientated, hand-selected hustlers and entrepreneurs who are ready to take that next step in their investing career. We are now taking applications for the next group of champions. If you're interested to find out more, then email me at info, that's I-N-F-O, at reedgoosens.com and put in the subject line, The Syndicator Incubator. Being a part of this mastermind group, you will have unlimited access to both myself and my business partner, Andrew Campbell, and you will understand how we have been able to build a portfolio of over 1,200 units worth over $120 million in under 24 months, and we've achieved financial freedom in the process. There are once a month mastermind calls with the group and a yearly conference where you will learn from the best in the business. So what are you waiting for? There are only limited spots, so get your application pack by emailing me at info at And remember, be bold, be brave, and go give life a crack. You see people with personal brands like Tony Robbins, Oprah Winfrey, you see the big ones, you know, their name is their brand. You don't really identify that as something you can do. You don't really look at it like, oh, that's a tool that they're really leveraging. And they created a massive brand for themselves that everybody, they become household names. Well. Like you said, we sort of have to give permission to ourselves to put ourselves in that light and say, hey, I can be that too. It does, I don't have to be speaking to tens of thousands of people on stage, but hey, I could speak to my local Rio with 50, 100 people. That's a personal brand. Welcome to Investing in the US, a podcast for real estate investors, business owners, and aspiring entrepreneurs looking to break into the US market. Join Reid as he interviews go-getters, risk-takers, and the best in the business about their journey towards financial freedom and the sheer joy of creating something from nothing. G'day, g'day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another cracking edition of Investing in the US podcast from Los Angeles. I'm your host, Reed Goosens. Good as always to have you with us on the show. Now, I'm glad that you've all tuned in to learn from my incredible guests, and each and every one of them are the cream of the crop here in the United States when it comes to real estate investing, business investing, and entrepreneurship. Each show, I try and tease out their incredible stories of how they have successfully created their businesses here in the US, how they've created financial freedom, massive amounts of cash flow, and ultimately created extraordinary lives for themselves and their families. Life by design, as I like to say. Hopefully, these guests will inspire all of my cracking listeners, which are you guys, to get off the couch and go and take massive amounts of action. If these guys can do it, so can you. Now, as you know, I'm all about sharing the knowledge with my loyal listeners, which is you guys, and there's absolutely no BS on this show, just straight into the nuts and bolts. Now, if you do like this 
this show, the easiest way to give back is to give us a review on iTunes and you can follow me on Facebook and Twitter by searching at Reed Goosens. You can find the show wherever you podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher and Google Play. But you can also find these episodes up on my YouTube channel. So head over to reedgoosens.com, click on the video link and it will take you to the video recordings of these podcasts where you can see my ugly mug but the beautiful faces of my guests each and every week. All right, enough out of me. Let's get cracking and into today's show. Today on the show, I have the pleasure of speaking with Eric Cubrol. Eric is the true definition of a serial entrepreneur. Get this, he has a multifaceted company platform. He's the founder of a creative agency, number one, on Air Brands. He also is the host of a unique podcasting event called PodMax. He also has a real estate investment company called Mindado Investment Group. And he's the host, co-host, and producer of several other entrepreneurial shows, all, some of which are called Entrepreneur Circle, Capital Hacking, True Multifamily, Real Estate Hackers, and much, much more. I'm exhausted just saying, getting through that introduction, but I'm so excited to have him on the show to share his incredible insight and experience with me. I'll shut up. Let's get him out here. G'day, Eric. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today, mate? Absolute pleasure. Uh, thank you so much for having me, Reed. I also wanted to add to that list because that's sort of outdated. We are now producing the Cashflow Ninja. MC Lobster, which is uh, why he was here in the studio talking to you before we turned the mics on. Uh, because, yeah, we jumped into the mix and now we are the same team. So it's great. Awesome. Awesome. And for those people who listen to this show, you know MC's been on a few times. Any South African, I'm Australian, rugby nuts. So <laughs> we were talking about the World Cup just before we press record here. So You guys are real it, men. You, you make me feel like <laughs> I need to grow a beard. I need more muscles. I need to start like throwing some stuff around. Yeah. yeah I, right. I always feel... Very weak when I'm around MC because he tells me these stories about like how he and his rugby uh, brothers are like you know wrestling and I'm like oh man I, I need more testosterone in my life. <laughs> no, like trust me, you don't. It's, there's, an, there's a time and a place for that stuff, and that was in your early twenties, right? So, but mate, let's dive into the show. Uh, can you rewind the clock and tell me how you made your first ever dollar as a kid? Yeah, so sort of that stereotypical entrepreneur story where. Um, I have several, several of them, you know, did the paper out, did all, all that typical, you know, mowing lawns and, and shoveling driveways. But the most interesting story uh, before I was in the double digits, I was probably eight or nine years old. Um, my, my father, I'm sorry, my uncle owned a bodega in the Bronx, you know, so a little, little corner store, convenience store. And so he had a lot of inventory, of candy all sorts of stuff. So he used to give me loads of candy that I would sell uh, that wasn't available in my school. And I would, mm. I would mark it up and, and, and make a killing. You know, I would, I would make fistfuls of cash selling Turkish taffy and things that nobody saw before because it was in the Bronx and I was in New York, uh, in upstate New York at the time. And um, also the cool thing that he used to give me was fireworks. So... Mm. In hindsight, yeah, you would think like he should probably be in jail for giving me all this stuff that I could have blown my fingers off or even friends around the neighborhood. But I would literally set up a shop in our living room, cardboard boxes. I'd flip them upside down and put firecrackers, uh, sparklers, uh, M80s, birthday cakes, which they look like birthday cakes, but you light it and it's literally, you know, it's the 4th of July, so I would really just kill it in terms of the 4th of July profits, and I was the only one in the neighborhood selling 
just boatloads of fireworks. So those were the early, thanks to my uncle, you know, experiences in, in entrepreneurship. I think your uncle has a lot to answer for, which is a good thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's cool. probably made you the guy you are today in terms of taking risk, but uh, that's pretty freaking awesome. I, I know growing up in Australia, fireworks are only available in one state, and it was a long drive for me. And I still remember going to, my, my background was Dutch, and I went, went, went to Holland when I was 12 years old. And thinking, my opa, my Dutch grandfather, um, went and bought firecrackers. And he literally just bought the, the ones that just go off once. Like I was expecting these, you know, beautiful big colors and going off into the air. It was like these pop, 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 pop. I was like, this is useless. You know, this is, <laughs> I, I come all this way thinking I'm going to have you know, access to this, you know, Charlie's chocolate factory worth of fireworks. But nope, I just got the, the basic you know, 200 pack of the, the bungers. And uh, it was very underwhelming, to put it that way. So, but mate, walk me through your journey. Like, how have you got into where you are today? I've obviously listed in the beginning of the show, you have a ton, a massive array, ecosystem, I'll say, of businesses. That didn't just happen. So what was that journey? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting and I would say unique journey. Because when I tell the story I, or listen to others, because I have podcasts as well and interview tons of people. And my story... Is, is unique in the real estate investing space, especially. So I was in corporate America for over 20 years, uh, started out from the bottom and made my way to the top of the ladder where I was making a good salary and I was becoming more of a managerial uh, type of role in a creative, in-house creative agency. So that's what we did. For those who aren't familiar with creative and that industry, they, uh, there are creative agencies that do you know, logos, branding, marketing, websites, all that stuff that you see on billboards and television. And they often have, um, so there's the outside agencies that can charge $200, $300 an hour. And there are the corporations, large, large corporations that hire those, those, those agencies and or create in-house agencies to save money. So when when I got into the industry, I was mostly part of I was part of both. So I would go to the outside agencies, work for them, gain a lot of experience, and then go in house because these big corporations wanted outside experience. They didn't want internal creatives that didn't have the experience of working on the big big brands. So that's that's where I found my niche and I started to help build and grow in-house agencies in Fortune 500 companies. And when I got to the, the creative director role, which was the highest I could go, I noticed, I don't think I'm going to make any more money. Um, and also, I was getting laid off for the second time. And I realized I could easily go back. Uh, I was getting job offers and I wanted a change of pace. I think we were, we were going on our first we were having our first child my wife and I and I started researching ways to invest because we dabbled in stocks with some relative success and failures but um, I wasn't passionate about it so I discovered the blue piddle by Robert Kiyosaki's rich dad ported as the majority of us real estate investors uh, stumbled upon somehow and it changed my life I had three to four months to prepare for the layoff since I was manage, the manager. And um, during that time, I was listening to the audiobook in the car, literally punching the dashboard because it was so powerful. And I was so angry, wasting so much 
so much of my time, so much of my life and energy. Um, but I was happy that I discovered this now. So I took that path, went down the journey of becoming a real estate investor by educating myself, surrounding myself with like-minded people, people who were doing what exactly what I wanted to do. And I left creative behind. I, I said, I'm retired. I did that for 20 years. I don't need to do it anymore. I know I'm great at it. I don't need to prove to anyone that I can do this. But I now need to prove to myself and my family that I can create financial freedom for us. That's the type of mindset I'm going into. The abundance mindset, financial freedom, real estate is the answer. So about, I'd say, six to eight months it took me from opening that book to taking down my first multifamily. That was my first deal. And I was I did that through the help of others. I didn't do it alone. I surrounded myself with a bunch of amazing people, people that were in the industry for decades, uh, people that I trusted because I continued to not only educate myself through Rich Dad Poor Dad's uh, programs and material, but also through Bigger Pockets, meeting people on Bigger Pockets, using those forums, really taking advantage of the local area and getting to know the local area. And I found partners. I found people that had access to deals and helped me analyze deals and made me feel comfortable with the numbers. So when I got to that point, I felt very, very confident. I started to position myself as a thought leader uh, and became uh, one of the co-leads for a local meetup that uh, is in Princeton, New Jersey, has anywhere between 50 to 100 members attend every month. Um, and I'm also on the board now for that organization called SJ RIA with a thousand members. So I understood, read the importance of marketing and branding and positioning yourself as a thought leader. And I relatively quickly got to that point to help create everything that you're talking about in terms of real estate, media agency, podcasting. So that's really the journey. Um, I want to pause so if you have any questions, but I do have what oh, happened I'm, after that. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna dive in right here because I think you bring up a lot of good, 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 good topics of conversation. And something that I've noticed when I first moved to the United States back in 2012 was the infrastructure of the rears around the country. And I talk a lot about this on, on, the, on the podcast. How most Americans who, who want to dive into this space don't realize the massive network that the REAs host across the country. Compared to where I come from in Australia, there was like one meetup. It was a very, very good meetup, but it was it. There was nothing in Sydney. There was nothing in Melbourne. It happened to be in Brisbane where I was from. And so when I came to New York City and saw the New York REA, and then there's, you know, uh, there's, I live now here in LA. There's LA South REA, and then there's, you know, uh, OC REA. There's all these different REAs. Um, and just so much information at the fingertips means that you can very relatively quickly with, the, with other likes of bigger pockets and, and, and mentorship programs, which you mentioned, you can become not so I wouldn't say knowledgeable is a, is, a, is a loose word, but you become very comfortable surrounding yourself with other people who you aspire to be. And so I think that's really incredible that you mentioned that because that was also the launching pad for me when I got started was, was going to these events, like two weeks fresh off the boat from Australia. I was literally at the New York Rear event going, oh my gosh, this is 30 bucks to attend one event. Like you would have to pay a guru six or $7,000 in Australia to, to teach you the same crap that I'm learning at these events. And so really powerful stuff. And I think, you know, we'll get into the personal branding in a minute, but I just want to pause there because that, I, 
I, I don't want to go over that because of it needs it needs a tip of the hat, tip of the slipper, as I say, to make sure that the nod is there because it's such an incredible organization um, that that is across the country. So if you are listening to this and you think you only need to go to a real estate network investment, get the hell off your ass and go get one. There's there's re everywhere, um, and so clearly also a very influential story in your your growth, right? One hundred percent. And thank you for highlighting that because if it wasn't for that network and the access to people and knowledge and I wouldn't have the confidence to have done it so quickly. Um, you know, also, I don't want to discredit what happens at home too. So my wife was very, very, very supportive. Uh, I know people that come to the RIAs that tell me, you know, still haven't done a deal. I'm sorry, I'm trying to figure this out. And sometimes when I probe, it, it, it is about who you're surrounded by. And if you have people around you who are fearful, who, who don't have the confidence in themselves, how would they have it in others? Uh, you know, it's a whole host of reasons. But if, if for me, my wife and my support system and having complete trust and faith that I can do this, um, you know, she, she trusted investing in myself. That's another thing. Um, I, I went to school. You know, I went four years of college, spent a lot of money, went into debt. I don't regret it. You know, it created the path of being a creative and, and having a lot of skill sets and being a specialist. But she understood that I wanted to do something else and that it needed time, money, and energy uh, to get into. So uh, I jumped in head first and, and, and thank God for bigger pockets. Thank God for rich debt um, because, yeah, I wouldn't have been able to do it all. So uh, you, wouldn't be able, you wouldn't have been able to give yourself the permission to do it. Right. That's. I think that's what you're trying to get at. Hundred percent. Yeah. So what was interesting when I got into that space, Reed, and I just want to share this with the audience, uh, that as I started to develop, you know, the muscle and the, and the knowledge and the confidence to, to invest, I, I I started to watch a lot of content, be inspired by a lot of people that would. Position, you know, tell you tell us to position ourselves as thought leaders, get onto social media, media, and tell your story and, and document the journey. So I started to do all that, and as I did that, investors would come up to me during meetings and say, oh, "Eric, who's who's doing your social? Who's doing your logos and your brand and your website?" Well, me, because that's my background, and they would ask if I could help them. So one thing would lead to another, help one, help another turned into three clients, four clients, five clients, I realized at this point, I can't do all this, but I want to continue helping people. I have to hire some freelancers, some designers, some editors, and copywriters. That became a company. That became something where I realized the power of, of, of teams and systems and processes and how we can help more people if we band together to, to help you know, what, uh, a need. So that became on air brands and during that process I was still trying to create a personal brand still trying to create something that I could tell my audience what I'm doing without confusing them because people would often come to me outside of real estate and say I don't know what you do I thought you were a creative guy but now you're talking about real estate and now you're talking about investing and mindset so I said I need to create a personal brand. So I created something called the Entrepreneur Circle, started the podcast, and read. You understand this. You're, you're hundreds and hundreds of episodes in, been doing this for years. 
I didn't understand the power of it outside of personal branding was it accomplishes all that stuff. Thought leadership. Oh, you know. Um, but the amazing thing is getting access and a reason to ask people to have a conversation with you long form. Out if without a podcast, I would not be able to approach Robert Kiyosaki, uh, you know, other people on our shows. I've had Randy Zuckerberg on my show, who who was really the creator of Facebook. Her brother was the zeros and ones developer in the back, in the, in the dark, hitting the keyboards. But she was the one that created Flare, created all the, uh, the front end stuff that we looked at, like Facebook Live, fan pages. So if I didn't have a show, if I didn't have the the reason to say or ask, hey, Reed, I'd love to continue this conversation. Would you mind being on my show? And 100% of the people say yes. So when I started to do that, I realized, wow, this is powerful. I'm getting more and more connected to a lar larger groups. And I'm just going to keep putting it out that people were enjoying it, people were downloading it, and people were commenting about how they were enjoying the show. So the same thing happened. Hey, I've heard the show. Can you create one for me? And that create one for another and another and another. Now we're producing half a dozen shows, have over a dozen in a network. So I'm going to end at this one here because this is where it really goes crazy. So podcasting became a production, a very, very uh, big part of on-air brands, producing and creating podcasts from scratch. We then had the opportunity to begin creating podcast events. So now pooling all of our resources, all of the people that we know and love that we're producing or creating, and having a one-day event where entrepreneurs come in and get the opportunity to be on MC Lobster's show, my show, all the other shows, all in one day, because we know that people want to get on shows like what we're doing now. But I always say the magic happens when the mic is off, because relationships are formed, partnerships are created friendships because now we're sitting across from each other and we can shake hands we can read each other's body language make eye contact and that's the magic of it people starting to realize this is powerful i want to be a part of that event um, even though this is very powerful too and you and i are talking offline which still creates that sort of atmosphere but um, yeah we're, we're really excited about what we've created with podmax I'm interrupting this episode to remind you guys about the Syndicator Incubator Mastermind Group. If you want to take your investing career to the next level and surround yourself with the best in the business, then apply today. Spots are filling up fast. I'm only taking a handful of people for the next round, so get your application by emailing me at info, I-N-F-O, at reedgoosens.com. Remember, be bold, be brave, and go give life a crack. Now, back into the show. I, I think it's an incredible story. And, and for a, just to recap and reflect a little bit back of what you're saying, and for all those people who didn't pick up, like, you know, you have created this brand. You liked real estate investing. You realized that you had another niche and skill set that wasn't necessarily maybe finding deals or operating deals or negotiating with the bank, whatever it might be, but you could have a, a, an ability to see the power of creating a personal brand and thus sharing it with the, with the world and thus then attracting people into your circle to say, hey, you do such a great job. Can you do it for me? Knowing that you weren't go you're not going to be the operator, but you have a subsidiary business that supports 
so much awesome content and and, and those conversations and those one-on-ones and then that's now spawned onto the Podmax. I think that's really powerful to to make sure we don't over oversee that, that that you are still a real estate investor at heart and that is that you can have multiple tools in your belt in terms of how you create businesses because the big thing I talk about on this show, true wealth is created, in my opinion, through business ecosystems. Real estate's great. Stock market's great. Having other businesses that support one another and keep the cycle going is the most powerful tool in terms of recession-proofing and in terms of creating you know, real long-term wealth. So I just want to, it's freaking awesome. Love what you're doing. Love that you're out there and creating some incredible content. Um, I want to take a bit of a step back and talk about the power of um, personal brands. And I've talked a lot about on this show about I've had the likes of Daniel Priestley and Glenn Carlson from Key Person of Influence, um, some really incredible Australian authors, um, just happen to be Australian, not, not, not because they, they, they needed to be Australian. Um, but they're talking about the permission of creating this brand. Because it seems like today, and, and maybe you can talk about your background in creative, did you know that personal branding was a thing as you went through school and went through your 20 years in the in the industry? Like, was that a thing back then? Not at all. Not at all. That was all new to me. I, I saw it in operation. You see people with personal brands like Tony Robbins, Oprah Winfrey. You see the big ones. You know, their name is their brand. You don't really identify that as something you can do. You don't really look at it like, oh, that's a tool that they're really leveraging. They created a massive brand for themselves that everybody, they become household names. Well, like you said, we sort of have to give permission to ourselves to put ourselves in that light and say, hey, I can be that too. Because I don't have to be speaking to tens of thousands of people on stage, but hey, I could speak to my local Rio with 50, 100 people. That's a personal brand. Uh, you, can, you can really help and affect more people by sharing your knowledge and your value and how you can help them because a lot of people out there don't realize they have superpowers they don't realize outside of what they do every day uh, maybe there's a passion that they have that can really fit right into what somebody else wants to do but can't do or doesn't have the confidence to do or doesn't realize they need that skill in their life so there's so many different ways. Um, personal brand is a very powerful vehicle to accomplish a lot of things. Um, but like you said, and I love you saying, we have to give ourselves permission in order to do that. Because a lot of people think it's bragging. I like to call it humble bragging. But it's what it does is it gives confidence in other. Other people have confidence in you that you can help them. And if you are confident in yourself, it'll project and you will be able to, if you 100% believe in what you're saying and you're passionate about what you're doing, then of course, people will come to you and say, help me. And why? And here's the one thing I wanted to point out too. Um, I would not have become this person in creative and, and through our media agency if it wasn't for real estate because the real estate community is an abundance mindset. One boat, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats. That wasn't the community I was from. You know, corporate America is dog eat dog. You know, climb the corporate ladder and kick who's who's on the bottom rung. It was really the opposite. So when I got into real estate, I was shocked at how helpful everyone was. How helpful, like that's how it started. Bigger pockets, posting on a forum. One of my business partners, Justin Fraser, says, "Hey, 
there's a local meetup that I run. Why don't you come check it out? I would stay late help to load up the truck, you know, with the speakers and the microphones and every month show up. That's another thing that I want to share with people is show up. And when you do that, people gain confidence in you. People want to be around you. People want to work with you because they trust in you. So that whole sphere of know, like, and trust is another mantra of mine where if you want to work with people, you first need to establish, you know, that they have to know who you are, first of all, that you exist. And then they need to like you once they get to know you. It's just like, yeah, you know, Reed's a good guy. You know, I really kind of feel good when we have conversations. And then over time, they trust you. So then that's when the handshakes and the capital and the investing starts to go back and forth. And here's the cool thing about podcasting is you establish know and like right up front. And then they come to a meetup. They meet you in person. And they shake your hand and see you're a good guy or a good gal. And you're like, I trust you. I trust you. And you already did the hard work with your podcast, with your personal brand. Yep. I can, two things I'm going to add to that. Firstly, those people listening out there, it doesn't just start. Like when I first, the permission, you know, why stories that I was fresh off the boat, I wasn't getting, no one was lending to me. I had no idea what a credit score was. I had no idea what an EIN number or an LLC, but I knew that the opportunities in the United States for cheap real estate to start cash flowing was incredible. And so when I was going through this journey of like buying my first triplex for 38,000 bucks in Syracuse, New York, when I was living in New York City, I was like, I have, I'm learning this stuff and I'm, I'm standing on a mountain of value. Now, it was a massive, massive self-conscious you know, override that I had to put this content out there. And if you listen to the first ever episode, it sounds crap compared to what we do today. But I allowed myself the, 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 the freedom to know that someone else will value that. And I am standing on a mountain of value, which is what Dan Parisi and Glenn Carlson talk about. You, you, you have to realize you are and give yourself permission to go out and do it. Now, in the beginning, probably my mom and my grandma are the only one listening to it. But over time, you create that like, trust, transparency. And then people ask me today, why do you do it? And I say, well, to your point about trying to attract capital, it, you know, the, the old you know, you know, adage is that you've got to get to know someone or the old boys club and the old boys club's known each other for 25 or 30 years. What personal branding does, podcasting, books, blogging, being on people, it takes that 20 years and crams it into two. And that is, and then you get there a lot quicker because you're sharing, you're being vulnerable, you share your story, you share your, your, your trials and tribulations, you share your failures. And that's where people can then like, trust, and then hopefully invest with you in the, in, in the future. And that's why we do it all, right? That's why you do what you do and, and create it for so many other awesome entrepreneurs because you provide a service which you saw a niche in because of the abundance mindset of real estate investors that, hey, this is a valuable service that I can create a pretty profitable business out of, but I can also help them create a microphone for their audience, right? And I think so many people get caught up in like, well, there's so many podcasts out there, man. Like, I don't know, like, the thing is, you don't have to be the next Tony Robbins. You can just be an, a person of influence in your sphere, your 500 people that you know, your, your New Jersey Ria, you know, wherever you are. And it's just that abundance mindset is super important. Any, any comment on that, what I just said? Yeah, 100%. There's one thing you said there, that, and I have an answer to the people that do ask that. You know, uh, there's so many podcasts out there, which there are. There's over 800,000 podcasts right now that are, I don't know if they're all active. A very small percentage is probably active at this point. But... 800,000 podcasts is somewhat intimidating. And if you're not sure of your message or you're not clear about what you're trying to, what kind of value you're trying to add to people's lives, I could see how you would hesitate. But here's the answer that I always say to people. Yeah, 
there are a ton of podcasts out there, especially in real estate, but there aren't podcasts out there with you, with your voice, with your message and experience. So who, who are we to say that you're not allowed to share your story? Who are, we, who are we to say you don't deserve a podcast? Like, it's so easy. Pick up a phone, you know, speak into it, and you can push it out into iTunes. There's no, the, the barrier to entry is so low that um, it's really all about being consistent at that point. You can create a podcast and talk into a microphone. Someone will listen. Trust me. Like you said, mom, grandma, dad, they'll listen. Um, but if you're good and interesting and you have a ton to share, it will happen. Like you said, my first episode, I, I, I love leaving it up there because it's literally me talking in the basement um, <laughs> to my phone. And I'm like, I don't know where this is going to go, you know, like almost 100 episodes later and meeting all these amazing people. You know, it's really catapulted uh, all the businesses and, and created one of them. Right. So right. It's, it's an amazing, powerful tool, unlike anything I've ever seen. Uh, not that podcasts are new, you know, but I think it's only now that the world has realized how powerful it can be when done right. So, so what's the, gem, like, you know, we talk about podcasting and tech and media and all that sort of stuff. Where do you think it's going? Because we, it's going to come to a point where we get to max saturation where, you know, like when everyone had beards for a split second there. You know. <laughs> we get to bulk beard. We get to bulk podcast. Yeah, I, I love that saying, and I'm going to butcher it, is, um, you know, if you want to predict the future, you have to analyze the past. So I think this is very much like the website era where uh, in the 90s, everyone realized, wow, I need a website if I'm in business. I'm going to be in business. This is the new business card, right? So now the podcast has become the new business card, the new the new marketing tool that everybody needs. But the thing is, what's different with websites is that that was a very static solution where people would say, here's all the content and give it to a web developer and they would create, hey, remember the multiple pages website? Now websites are one page, maybe two at the most, right? It's very clean. Um, but back then in the 90s, People would have, I need an about page. I need a page about my mother and my dog. And it, like they would put 100 pages on a website. And that was how you got credibility for your business. And now the credibility play is podcasts. So I think if we go back in time and we watch what happened, there were a ton, the dot-com era, where people, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people creating websites, but the ones that went away, or got folded into, or got bought out, became the only ones that stayed when the dust settled are the big players. Google, Yahoo, you know, Amazon, whoever it was, the bigger bigger ones stayed, and all the little ones just went dormant. So I think that's what's happening now. You kind of see it, if anyone's paying attention, that the podcast industry, um, there are big, big players out there that are starting to buy us up. So Spotify is buying smaller podcasting companies that create content. So it's all about content creation and how can we become the Netflix of podcasts where we pull original content, we pull other people's content, we create our own, and now we're a whole ecosystem, one-stop shop. You know, Apple really slept on podcasts for decades and Spotify has become the number one uh, content creation, you know, podcast solution, everything. You watch what they're doing, that's dictating where everything is going. And 
Good for you and me for getting in slightly before the window is closed. I wouldn't say it's completely closed, but, um, you know, getting hundreds of episodes under your belt before all of this goes nuts um, is a good thing. But I wouldn't tell people to stay away from it. It's still a great platform. But, yeah, I, I really think the big, big players are going to be who's left when this is all said and done. And how important is it? Because there's so much anxiety around you know, that too much, too much, too much, too much. And, and for those people listening who are more introverts who don't want to turn on a mic and speak into a mic and all that sort of stuff, is, is that just get over yourself, you need to do it? And, or is it more, this is just one tool in the tool belt, there's many other tools as well? Yeah, yeah, I love you teeing that up because I feel like you already know the answer. So um, there are many, many different channels, many, many different solutions for you to get your message out there, platforms, we also call it. And if you're good in front of the mic, if, if, if you've got a good voice, you're articulate, you, you can get your thought outs relatively quickly in a succinct way, you can, you're great for podcasts. Um, you don't necessarily need to have an interview style. It could be just you sharing for five, 10 minutes. I would actually recommend that because I think what we're doing now is becoming very commonplace. The interview style, long form, uh, we're, we're, we're trying to figure out a way to shift a lot of our shows into more of the bite-sized chunk episodes, offering value really quick hit. So those are great. Um, but if your voice or, or, or podcast isn't your, your, your cup of tea, and you're a good writer, blog, you know, or, or speak into the mic and trans, transcribe it. Take those words and turn them into articles and posts, and that will do the same thing that podcasts do which is positioning you as a thought leader, having someone, you know, creating more and more content for people to consume and, and, and see you in that light. So there are other ways, too, where you can hire people to take your content. Like, so you could, you could write or you can record and have other people create posts for you. There are VAs out there that don't cost much. <laughs> And they are more than <laughs> happy to take your, your content, right? Because they're not content creators. They just want to produce. So I say leverage people who want the work. You're the thought leader. And really leverage what's out there because there are so many people, especially in this day and age, that can do all the things that you don't necessarily want to learn or do. Um, and you can continue to just push out content because content is king. And you have to be able to keep producing and, and, and not worry about Repeating yourself because if you watch Gary Vee or Grant Cardone <laughs> or any of these guys, they're saying the same crap over and over yes. and over because yes. there's always a new audience. It's a rotating door. I'm sure you and I are one of the people that went through the door and said, okay, I had enough of them. I heard what I need to hear <laughs> to last me years. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's, that's really what I would say is like find the right platform. Leverage LinkedIn if you are that type of person that wants to write articles and not necessarily speak in front of a camera or a microphone. And, and you, you, you'll, you'll start to notice that people are paying attention. Yeah. No, I completely agree. And, that, and I talk a lot about the, one of the six Ps of raising capital, like a pro for real estate. One of them is platform and, and choosing the right platform. And there's so many platforms. Like there is a Net, you, know, you could be Oprah Winfrey on a network TV show, which is one end of the scale, or you could just write a monthly newsletter on the other end of the scale once a month. So there's everything in between. And, and what the, the special source is for everyone listening out there, we're going to give you the answers away to the test. So once you create something audio, you can repurpose it into blogs, you can repurpose it into books. And that's what I did with my first book. 
investing in the US, the ultimate guide to US real estate. I took the best episodes over a three-year period and chucked it into a book into 12 chapters and put it out in the world. You know, it's another digital asset now. And having digital assets are really important. And, and again, I will say with hand on my heart, I'm a structural engineer, right? That's my background. I had no idea. I was a very black and white brain. I had no idea about gray and creating and creative and creativity. And it wasn't until doing this podcast that really got those juices flowing for me, which I now use this podcast as a bit of a, you know, a mentorship for myself. You know, I love getting on, talking to guys like yourself. We're at that same energy level. We think the same. And I know my wife tells me all the time, like, have you just done drugs? And I'm like, no, I just, I just got up a podcast. I had a really awesome time. So, <laughs> so but I, I just say that because there's so many different platforms out there and you don't have to be the expert on one. But I will say, choose one and do it well. I think that so many people are, you know, LinkedIn and Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and podcasting and videos and blah, blah, blah. Choose one and do it well. Just choose it, do it well, and do it consistently for a year or two years and then, and then pivot if you can. You don't have to do it all. And I think people get anxious about that. I just wanted to address that before we move on. Yeah. Any, any comments on that? Yeah, no, thanks for bringing that up because that's exactly, you're 100% right, that not every platform will be for you, especially if you don't have teams and systems and all of that in place to help you because we're only, we can only do so much in the course of 24 hours. So <laughs> the, the idea that you need to do it all, especially in the beginning, is not, not correct. But like you said, you have to test drive it and give it enough time to see if there's traction. So if, if, if you go back to my, uh, my journey, you'll see that I was trying the YouTube uh, platform for a good part of a year. And then when I realized this, this was all changing and I needed to pivot into creating a creative agency and less being a real estate investor, I, um, you know, you see it all documented. And I think people just have to try it. They have to see if they can ride this bike and, and how long it'll take them. And then do they want to jump to that race car there or this, this helicopter here, whatever it is, whatever vehicle they want to use, you've got to test drive. You've got to see what fits right for you and, and, and trust that once you find that, it will work. Trust in the process and trust that if you are creating value in people's lives, it, it will turn into magical things for you. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. Mate, I want to be very respectful of your time, but just before we do dive into top five investing tips, can you walk us through like a Chinese menu of what your company offers just for those people who might be interested out there? Like what's the free stuff on, uh, you know, the, the water and the bread on the table and then what's in the, you know, the, the appetizers, entrees and dessert if you have anything. Yeah, I love that. Uh, we're in the process of creating more free content. So the free content that we have is you can check out Facebook. We have a channel that we go live on every single Wednesday at 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And that is called the On Air Brands Podcast. So, but on Facebook, it's called On Air Brands Live. So that's, we have amazing guests that come in, a lot of real estate investors, but just business owners that can talk about what they're doing, what they're having challenges and uh, success with. And we share that with the audience. And it's, it's a pretty cool show that's continuing to snowball and grow as and we've been doing it for almost a year now. And um, yeah, if, if, if you're in the local area, in the Trenton, New Jersey area, reach out to us and we'd be more than happy to have you in on that show. So that is the, I like that the, the bread on the table that's perfectly uh, put. Um, and then we have other levels where if we're still kind of figuring out if we want to continue podcast production because we have so much on our plate. So many people come in and I can't service them all. I feel so bad, Reed, because 
we literally have dozens and dozens of people waiting to have conversations with us about podcast production. And um, we're, we're considering pressing the pause button on that. Like, he's, like MC Lobster is in, and he, he has a massive show that's like two to three episodes per week. So that, that takes time and energy from the team. So we want to do it really well. We want to pay attention to it. We want to get too big where things start to fall through the cracks and we're not producing high-quality content. So podcast production is something, and the social media marketing for the company is usually in support of the podcasts. So you can check that out on our website, on ourbrands.com. But here's the big thing, and it's a big ticket item, but it offers so much value to people, is the PodMax events. So PodMax is just, oh, I'm so happy and, and humbled by the experience because creating a one-day event where people can come in and create tons of content in a short amount of time, get to meet top-rated podcast hosts that they know and love, and not only the podcast hosts, but the entrepreneurs that come in are all amazing because they take their business seriously. They're not necessarily in startup mode, so they, they have marketing budgets. They, they do a lot that can help other people. They're very complimentary. We, we, it's invitation only, so people have to apply. And we curate the crowd so that we know, because there's multiple events that happen, you know, each month. So we want to make sure we mix and match. We think, you know, a self-directed IRA company is perfect because there's going to be uh, a bunch of syndicators. here. So we'll make sure that, um, oh, there's an ATM guy here. So we'll make sure there's a bunch of hard money or, uh, you know, we just want to compliment and have a, a nice, well-oiled, day so that everyone really benefits from that PodMax event. So that, that right now we're doing bi-monthly, but we're working on systems. It's all about systems and processes and teams and, and documenting all of that. And my audio tech is shaking his head because he's heavily involved in, 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 in documenting the process. So yeah, so it is right now bi-monthly. So that's, that's the current schedule but we're trying to work it so that it's it's every month and it's national so we want to be able to travel west coast so we'll come out to you and we want to be able to go to i think austin somewhere dallas or texas is is a big big we, we know a lot i love austin we we have a big network there and then we have a big network in florida so so we think those might be the hotbeds for us um in, in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, New York City is, is where we create those That's awesome. A little interesting tidbit here. Um, two weekends ago, I was a sponsor at a, at a real estate investor called the Intelligent Investor Real Estate Conference here in Los Angeles. Uh, a year and a half ago, I was the first ever uh, sponsor. And I had nothing to give besides going there and recording live podcasts. And I had a booth and everyone's around me and people talk and there's IRA you know, companies and but what it does for the personal brand is like, what's he really doing? Where's that? What's that ring light? What's he doing with the camera? What's he doing with the microphone? And I'll just literally pull people like, come here, sit down, shut up, and let's interview. And it was just so you've ta you, you've taken what I was just doing as a sponsor, and you've taken it and blown it like ten x that. And I think it's really awesome. Um, and I'm going to another event here at uh, the best ever conference in, in Colorado. We do exactly the same thing because it's just it's such a cool way to get your message out to get as a platform, but. To your point of like when you're at those conferences, sitting down and pressing the, the, the record button to have those really valuable conversations 
and then share it with the world. I think is, is pretty pretty freaking incredible. Yeah, you you know what happens when 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 you turn the mics off. Your guest is so happy, myself included, when we shut these mics off. You know, because we give them an opportunity to share their story with the world, and and we give them a platform, a stage, and, and we shine the light on them. And who who doesn't appreciate that? And mm-hmm. we're we're able to give and provide them with an experience unlike any other. Because, like I said, there's no podcast, there's no show with you. You're asking me unique questions. You're giving me a different experience than I've ever had. So regardless of how many podcasts are out there, there's a, there's a, there's a platform for you as a podcast host to offer value. And that's yeah. by asking questions and being a good listener and being able to share it with your community so that now they are introduced to your friends, your family, your partners. And it can continue to expand and grow what they're trying to do. Awesome. I love it. I love it. Well, if, you, if you ever do come to LA, I'd, love, I'd definitely put my hand up to, to try and come along. And uh, Yeah, we need out. to talk so, because, um, well, I was supposed to go to Best Ever Conference, um, um, but I think I had to shift sort of what I'm doing. Priorities. So it's, it's unfortunate we won't be able to meet in person there. But yeah, there's other opportunities. There's other stuff that we're doing that I'd love for you to get involved in. Um, podcasting, real estate, all that good stuff. See, so awesome. people are already hearing the magic happen here because when this <laughs> mic turns off, we're going to continue talking about what the heck we could do together. So, yeah, so cool. I, I, I love it. And I think it's just so much. And it, again, the energy that comes through the podcasting and the message, I think, from today's show is really about taking the initiative and doing it because it does open so many. I can't, I spent a lot of money on this podcast. I, I think I've had one sponsor, but the doors that it's opened has been so invaluable that I couldn't put an ROI and I can't put an ROI it's very you know i obviously do it very different to you i'm very down here you're up there in terms of production but it's enough to give me worth and make me feel good so um mate but look uh at the end of every show we'd like to dive into the top five investing tips you ready to get started absolutely what is the daily habit you practice to keep on track to look at health and wellness i I, well, number one, before I even get out of bed, is affirmations. So uh, I do a lot of I am affirmations. I am abundant. I am healthy, wealthy, and I'm grateful. Those type of affirmations have really changed my life, Reed. Honestly, I, I would like to say I've been doing it for years. I would probably say I've only been practicing it for a few months. It's changed everything. It really has. Because what happens for anyone who can appreciate this is it changes your frequency. Um, and when you vibrate on a certain frequency, you attract like-minded frequencies. So that's yeah. the best way to put it. Um, and then hit the gym. If I can't hit the gym, I'll exercise at home. So I, I like to introduce people who have never heard of Tabata or HIT, H-I-I-T, uh, high-intensity training. You say Tabata, I said Tabata. Yeah, Tabata is also a way. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure. That's probably the correct way to say it. But they're both very similar, if not the same. So I do that when I'm traveling. Mm-hmm. In hotel rooms, um, it, it's designed to just use body weight and the furniture around you. But I would say I try to hit the gym at least three to four times a week, every single day, every single week, and, and do that hit training when I can't hit the gym. And then intermittent fasting is, is also mm-hmm. part of that, where I I fast for anywhere between fourteen to twenty hours a day. And it's funny because people will say how the heck do you do that? Because I used to be one of those people that would get hangry. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that was another thing. It changed my mindset in my life 
where that that was just a false belief in my mind. Like, oh, I, this is how I am. But um, it's easy because eight of those hours you're sleeping, right? right? So if anyone's interested in intermittent fasting, think of it that way. Subtract the eight hours that you sleep. Do you um, do morning or evening fasting? More, uh, I stop. So my window to eat is a nine to ten hour window between, I'd say, noon and eight o'clock. Yep. Yeah, and that's so it. You're, you're, you're doing the mornings off, yeah, which I've tried to start doing. If I can. It's good. It's so really good. good. It's really good. I'll tell you the main thing that I pulled out of it, Reed, was discipline. Mm-hmm. It really, it really disciplined me to pay, and also made me pay attention to midnight snacking, which I did a lot of. Interesting. You know, stay up late, and oh, what's in the cupboard? I'll eat yep. while I'm working. You know, now I know. Yep. Oh, it's eight o'clock. I'm not going to eat. Yep. So that changed my life. So health and wellness um, was one. And I would say the strong other is surrounding myself with like-minded people, making sure that my networks are the right networks. If I joined a network and it didn't seem like it was servicing me or, or, or aligned with my goals and values, I, I would slowly exit. Mm-hmm. Or, um, but yeah, networks, investing in yourself. You know, Don't be afraid to take money or savings that you put in that you would easily have put it into college uh, or continuing education. Don't be afraid to buy that book, to buy that course, to invest in, if it, you know, say Reed has a program. There are people out there that can help you, but their time is money. Right. And, and it's okay to invest in their time because eventually you'll get there and people will invest to have your time. Yeah, I love it, man. That's awesome. Really awesome stuff. Uh, second question is, who's the most influential person in your career to date? I want to say Robert Kiyosaki. It's so, so cliche, cliche. right? <laughs> so cliche. Um, influential to date. I would have to say my wife has definitely influenced my journey because if it wasn't for her, I would not be able to do what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. You know, if she were the type of person that said, I don't think that's a good idea or I'm afraid if you fail, you know, um, yeah, I would not be the person or the man or the husband or father that I am today if it wasn't for my wife allowing me to make these to take these risks and, and, and now starting to see the fruits of our labor. So. I think that's really important in terms of we didn't even get into this show, but it's something I talk a lot about your know, business is one pillar of the table or of, of, of your life. Love and relationships is another pillar. If you don't have them in abundance in abundance and you have support, then you can't be the most successful business entrepreneur or business leader or best person. So I think it's really important to, to reflect on people who are in and around your sphere, particularly the loved ones, and give them gratitude and thanks where, where, where is needed and deserved. So awesome stuff. Uh, third question is, in your business, I'm sure you have a tool that you use on a daily habit. And when I say tool, it could be a phone or a physical tool or it could be a software. What 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 is your number one tool that you use in your business on a daily basis? I don't know if the phone itself is considered a tool because it inhabits a lot of different tools within itself. Sure. But I think, Reed, if it weren't for phones, we'd still be on desktop, laptop, computers, only able to do work tethered to a desk. Mm-hmm. I remember when I first got a laptop, I was like, this is so free. Right? <laughs> Being able to work in the living room or at, at Starbucks. That was amazing. But then when the phones came out, wow, that it's good and bad because we've become more productive, but we've also become more accessible. Mm. And I remember, I don't know what generation you are, but in the 90s, 
late 80s, the only people that were easily accessible were doctors mm. because they needed pager. to be with right. pagers. Yeah. yeah. And then at some point they made pagers available to everyone. And that was when all hell broke loose. Like now people expect you to respond, respond, respond. Hey, I just texted you. Is everything okay? And I'm like, I'm on the toilet. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a break. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that's awesome. I think it's... For me, I've got to put my phone down at a certain time. I turn on to airplane mode so people aren't bugging me at certain hours of the night or and, and in the morning. So I think, yeah, it's very influential, but also can be very uh, addictive. And that's where you've got to learn boundaries with uh, oh, every yeah. tool. So, They're designed to be addictive. Right, right. Second to last question in the lightning round. In one sentence, what did you? What has been the biggest failure in your life and what did you learn from that failure? Failure. So trying. Just being able to have the confidence to say or understand. This was big for me, Reed, when I heard this quote. Failure is success in progress. Mm -hmm. And when I heard that and read it over and over and put it on my wall, that success, failure is success in progress, because I was trained and brought up to believe that failure was not an option and failure was a bad thing. But I. I had to wrap my head and reprogram myself to believe that, wait a minute, when we were children, we walk, we fall, we scratch ourselves when we try to ride a bike. We need to fail in order to learn. So that was a huge thing for me. Awesome. Well, I think that really is, you know, particularly around the mindset uh, stuff because failure is bad, failure bad, failure bad. Like, it's again, how we treat it and use it as a stepping stone towards that success. So I think it's really important. Mate, last question. Where do people reach you to continue the conversation? They just want to be in your sphere. Where do they go? Yeah, they can check out our event if they're interested in being a part of it and participating. It's at podmax.co, podmax.co. And they can also go to our website, onairbrands.com, to see all the other stuff we're doing. But yeah, podmax.co is really the best place to reach us. Um, Eric, E-R-I-K, at onairbrands.com if they have any questions. Awesome, man. Well, look, I want to thank you so much for taking some time out of your day. Uh, just to reflect a little bit about what I took away from today's show, I think the biggest thing is your ability to understand what you're good at. You got involved in real estate investing, realized that you had something else to give. You realized an abundant mindset orientated people within the investment world, and you were able to use that to provide value to them to create a successful ecosystem around you. I think that is probably the number one thing. I, I think your ability to do that um, is, is really quite powerful. Uh, to help and be accessible, help others be accessible to the world and give, you know, make them sure that they have a microphone and they're saying the right content in the right way through the right medium. So, um, did, yeah, did I leave anything out, mate? No, that's perfect, brother. I appreciate your time and, and the opportunity and I hope I added some value to you and your tribe. So, yeah, thanks again, brother. Uh, I, we definitely have to have you on one of our shows uh, because you have a powerful message and story that we everyone else needs to hear as well. So. Awesome. awesome, man. Well, thank you so much again. Enjoy the rest of your week and we'll catch up soon. Thanks, well, there you have another cracking episode jam-packed with some incredible advice from Eric. Please do jump over to his website at, uh, where is it? Podcastmax.co, podmax.co. Uh, if you have any questions for Eric and his team, if you are interested in studying podcasts, I know he's trying to put that on pause for a little bit, but we'll get into any of his events. I think they're really, really powerful. I want to thank you all again for taking some time out of your day to tune in to continue to grow your financial life. And we're going to do it all again next week. So be bold, be brave. And remember, go give life.